Hello there, I'm Brian Taylor. Down the years, you may have seen me on the telly or heard me on the wireless, but this is different. This is the Brian Taylor Podcast, brought to you by The Herald. It's one of the most divisive topics in Scotland and it's been brought up a handful of times in our podcast. The Scottish independence debate isn't going away anytime soon and in this special episode we're taking a look back at some of the key exchanges on the constitutional debate. And don't forget, we're giving you 20% off an annual subscription to The Herald with the code HERALDPOD2021. In episode 7, Brian was joined by MSPs Pam Duncan-Glancy and Rachel Hamilton and former Scottish Government Special Advisor Kevin Pringle. They spoke about the SNP's mandate for an independence referendum in the aftermath of the Holyrood election. Let's go to Rachel Hamilton. Rachel Hamilton does the, does the, 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 the First Minister who will be returned to office next week, Nicola Sturgeon. Does she have a mandate to go ahead with a referendum on independence? Well. I mean, we've got to look at the makeup of the constituency seats and more unionist voters, uh, a larger proportion of unionist voters voted uh, for um, those, you know, Labour seats, Liberal Democrats and Conservative yeah. seats. And now, I think on, the list, on, the list, to, on the list, it's the other well, way around. And the constituents are only like that because the Greens didn't stand in very yes, many seats. Yes, but it's important to recognise that, um, you know, Nicola Sturgeon did say that she wasn't going to uh, call a second independence referendum. But then before the votes were even counted, she got to the podium and stated, you know, that that was her intention. So I think that a lot of people who actually voted for the SNP will be wondering what they actually had voted for. And um, I think the other... They, come on, they, they, they scarcely disguise their support for independence and for achieving that via referendum. They, she didn't exactly hide that during the campaign. Well, you know... We've got to also look at um, some of the polls that were out. Um, you know, there was an opinion poll that showed only a third of voters um, think that leaving the UK is an urgent priority. And, and of the last 10 opinion polls, the yes group was only ahead yeah. in one of them. So that's for, important to recognise. Forgive me, does she have a mandate or not? Does she have a mandate to not, not, not next year? Well, she doesn't year, have a mandate. She's, she must be incredibly disappointed. She's hardly made any headway. She has a net gain of one. And that must be a huge disappointment to her um, as the leader of the SNP. And she's got to rely on the Greens again. And that's going to make her minority government in quite a difficult position, I would say, because possibly moving into difficult territory um, with the, the, perhaps some of the negotiations that she might have mm. to do with um, Patrick Harvey and Lorna Slater. Perhaps there will be uh, policy proposals that might not sit comfortably with their own voters, with the SNP voters. Thanks for that, Pam Duncan Glancy. Is there a, a mandate in this current Parliament of the of the Scottish the current session of the Scottish Parliament for a referendum on independence for India F two? I think what there is clearly a mandate for is a focus on getting our NHS back on track, protecting jobs, ensuring people have more money in their pocket, um, and trying to um, make dents, massive dents in reducing child poverty. Yeah, we, 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 accept, we, 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 we hear all of that. Is there a mandate for a referendum on independence? Labour won't tell you. Is, let, well, well, let, 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 let's, let, let's, let's find out. Pam, is there a mandate for a referendum on independence? 
I, I think I've, I've said this before, Brian, and I'll say it again. I got into I got into politics because I want to do things to to improve our NHS. I want to improve mm-hmm. social care. Yeah, I want I'm to hearing, make sure people have more money in their pockets. I'm not but hearing an answer. Is, is there a is there a is there a mandate for a referendum on independence? We didn't. That that was we had an election. We didn't have a referendum, and um, we so we don't we we didn't ask that on the ballot paper. A referendum was not on the ballot paper, uh-huh. and what was on the ballot paper were jobs, the NHS, education, and getting all of those things back on. Oh, Oh, come on, party, party names and individuals are on the ballot paper, not those. They, they, you, you, why won't you say whether there's a mandate for a referendum? Not, 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 not now, not next year, maybe not even the year after. Down the line, is there a mandate for this referendum to be held again? There wasn't a, a majority for that, but at this moment in time, I honestly think we need to be focusing on getting ourselves through this through the pandemic and focusing on the recovery. Evan Pringle. Well, that, that's right. Uh, I think everybody agrees with that. Um, but as to whether there's a mandate, well, the answer is yes. I, I like to say yes, but clearly it is yes. Um, I also think we make a mistake if we compare or if we interpret Holyrood election results according to Westminster criteria. The whole point of the electoral system that we've got in the Scottish Parliament is we want to have a kind of non-majoritarian culture. Uh, so therefore, the electoral system threw up a, a government elected very clearly. It won 85% of the constituency seats. Uh, in the Scottish Parliament, but across the two parties that had a referendum in their manifestos, the SNP and the Greens, then... But, but on both cons- Kevin, on both the constituency and the list votes, Scotland is 50-50 in supporting parties of the Union and parties of independence. How is that a, 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 a firm silver golden mandate for, for well, going ahead with a referendum? It, it, when, 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 when your party said it would be once in a generation? Yeah, but election, election results are determined by... Uh, by candidates elected. That's how you measure what's happened in an election. Votes cast directly are how you measure the results of referendum. So if we want to put that issue to the test, the 50-50 issue, then that's done through a referendum. So even just drawing attention to that fact would actually point to the logic of settling this through a referendum. I can't can't see you, but I can hear heads shaking. Pam Duncan Glancy and then Rachel Hamilton. I was just going to say, Brian, I think you make a really good point there because it actually shows that the country is actually divided on that issue, which makes it very, very difficult. And we cannot focus in that division if we are to focus on on the recovery. And that's why I think we need to do that first. Rachel Hamilton. Well, I mean... I'm going to say, aren't I, that the the democratic will of the people was demonstrated in 2014 and that opinion hasn't really moved until uh, since um, 2014. And I mean, I've got to agree if we're being sensible about this, that voters uh, have said that time and time again in the last sort of six months that we need to ensure that we protect jobs and livelihoods and that we get things up and running in terms of cancer screening and you know, cancelled operations and all the other things. And, you know, it's all very well saying, you know, to Pam, yes, this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't an answer, but actually it is an answer because it is absolutely what we need need to be focusing on and because that's what the public expect. Can you imagine if we went into this ridiculous constitutional crisis yet again, um, pitting each other against one another and becoming a, a a divided country again? And I think this is a time that we could actually come together yeah. and work together. Because to be honest, when we are distracted with this obsession that the SNP have about separating the country, when I don't agree with Kevin Pringle, we, they don't have a mandate. They don't. They might be the largest party. They are a minority party propped up by the Greens.
In episode 13, we ran a Brexit and independence special of the Brian Taylor podcast. The panel was made up of former Shadow Secretary of State for Scotland, Peter Duncan, current leader of Reform UK Scotland, Michelle Ballantyne, founder and director of Scottish Centre on European Relations, Dr Kirsty Hughes, and former Constitution Secretary, Mike Russell. Their discussion looked to the possibility of extending the franchise. Everything else is a compromise. Hang on, hang on. Let's bring in David Ball. David, a couple of developments this week on the independence issue. Suggestion from uh, uh, Michael Gove that the UK government would say no to a referendum in, in the current Westminster term and, and uh, a speculative piece in, in one of the newspapers suggesting that perhaps the franchise should be altered to allow those you know Scots uh, elsewhere Scots born, presumably, it would be a, a definition question elsewhere. But where, where are we on, on the idea of an independence referendum? First Minister is saying today she is adamant that, that the choice will be put before the, the Scottish people in the near future. Where, where are we on this one? Well, it's all gone a bit stale since the election, really. Um, we had all these promises and declarations from both sides during the election campaign, but it's gone very cold. And yes, we've had these sort of little hints at maybe some of the tactics that the unionist side are going to develop, like the franchise and talk of bringing Ruth Davidson back into the fold. Um, but still, there's that adamant message that there's not going to be a, a referendum from that from the UK government. So at, at the moment... Was it, was, it, was it adamant, though? It wasn't all that adamant. I think the quote was, I can't see it from, 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 from Michael Gove. Well, just because he can't see it doesn't mean it won't happen. No, that is true. I mean, uh, it's still not categorically ruling it out but again it maybe, to me he was no the, the power still lies with the uk government to grant it unless we get into a, a court battle which we may end up okay P- peter duncan you were you were smiling gently at, at, at that, that that description do you think a referendum in the, in the near future independence is likely um, well I, I i think there's one interesting uh, co- uh coincidence of dates and that is, if you if you accept the, the likelihood that um, we're not going to see an independence referendum in the first half of this parliament, uh-huh. and you also accept the theory that perhaps Boris Johnson might be tempted to go in the spring of 23 rather than the spring of 24, ah. then I think there's a potential that we might not see a, a referendum until after the next general election. Uh, I think that's possible. Um, I mean, personally, I, I think quite a lot of this, uh, a lot of these issues, as we as we said at the start, Brian, are interrelated. I think it's, for example, that the difficulty in coming to long-term negotiations of our constitutional divorces is an interrelated point. Mm-hmm. The challenges of the Northern Irish border and reading that across to the Scottish-English border, if, if Scotland was to re-enter the customs union, that's an interrelated argument. So I think quite a lot of this uh, over the last five years will perhaps be running in future. Just do, do, you think, do, do you forgive me? Do, do you think, Peter, that a further referendum on independence would be justified? In that, in 2014, the Scots were told that the way to stay in the European Union was to stay in the Union of the UK, and that has not proved to be the case. Is it justified in, in that, those circumstances to hold a further ballot? Yeah, I mean, I, I've taken the view for some time that I, I think there is. Good, I think if the Scottish, if the Scottish people express a view that they would like another referendum, then I think it's almost inevitable it's going to happen. And I think the longer it's it's the longer it's delayed and the longer it's avoided, the more difficult it is for for the unionist cause, for which I support uh-huh. the unionist cause, to win that to win that argument. So uh, you, would say, I, you would say to your unionist chums, get on with it. 
uh, I have unionist chums, I have nationalist chums, but I would say to, I would say to my unionist chums, uh, I I would I think there is a probably a case over the next five years where it becomes counterproductive to further postpone it. Thank you very much, Mike Russell. Well, I'm pleased to hear that from Peter. I mean, you know, I I, I have I, I have no ambitions. Well, I have ambitions, but I don't think I'm going to make Peter into a nationalist. So I'm not going to work very hard at it, I have to say. But I, I, I do like to hear the fact that he believes that the Scottish people vote for a referendum, there should be one, because that strikes me as a very simple democratic point. I tend to pay very little attention to Michael Gove's gaslighting. In fact, I paid very little attention to Michael Gove full stop, having dealt with him extensively for the last decade, both on education and on this matter. And there there is simply gaslighting going on, uh, you know, followed by you know people who want to troll the people of Scotland and make them angry about what is uh, the attitude of the UK government. I, I take I don't take this very seriously at all. Uh, what Scotland should be doing is deciding what it wants to do, and what it wants to do. And I think the first minister is right: is to hold a referendum that people have voted for it. There is a majority in the Scottish Parliament for it. The question is when it should be held, and that is up to the Parliament. The bill says that. But in terms of franchise, we've already decided that. No, there is a franchise bill that has been passed. There is a referendum bill that's been passed. There is a draft bill on the on the final details to be uh, dealt with. And therefore, what we need to do is just to make sure that we move uh, carefully uh, because of the pandemic and systematically towards that referendum. And that's I'm glad to hear from Peter that he thinks the demands of the people of Scotland, if they are made, uh, should be met. I think Mike, that's what, very fair. And the panel also gave their predictions on when they believed a second independence referendum could take place. We're almost out of time. Final forecasts on where, when you see an independence referendum occurring. Uh, can you can you can you put a year on it? Can you put a timetable on it? Peter Duncan, when when do you think it might it might happen if it happens at all? Um, uh, in in the first uh, in this decade. Okay, David, David, David Ball. Uh, I think if it happens at all, it will be into the second half of this Parliament. I would have oh. thought. Okay, Michelle Ballantyne. I think if the general election comes before it and Brexit settles down, it might never happen. If it does happen, it'll have to happen fairly soon. Kirsty Hughes. I would say twenty twenty four, and back in the EU by twenty thirty. If it's a yes. <laughs> and finally, Mike. Finally, Mike Russell. Oh, I'm absolutely not going to say, except I'll go with what the First Minister has said, which is in the first half of this Parliament, and I think that is correct. But, you know, the fact that uh, Michelle has said that apparently there's no space for it in the crowded democratic calendar that we have in, in this country, just find, I, I just find amazing. We welcome Chancellor Rishi Sunak onto a special episode of our podcast last month. Brian asked the Chancellor's thought on the union and whether or not he believed Scotland could be an independent country final set of questions chancellor the 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 um the, the permanent question of of scottish politics the polarization of scottish politics the issue of independence do you believe that scotland could be uh, uh, an independent economy I'm not here to get into what I think are very divisive questions because I don't think that's anyone's priority. I think actually, you know, that is a divisive question. What is a more unifying view, I think, held by the vast majority of people in Scotland is that what they want right now is for, you know, particularly me and the governments that represent them to work together to help us recover from this awful crisis that we face. And let's put that, let's just really, let's remind ourselves what's happened. 
we faced a, a th- once in 300 year economic shock, right? And a, you know, hopefully once in a century pandemic. And reasonably, people would say, look, what we want you to focus on, you lot, is, is helping us fix that and grow out of it. And we talked earlier at the beginning of this podcast yeah. about jobs and about getting people back into work. That's what people want us to be But you are also... On. Not, not, I don't think, thinking about constitutional settlement. Yeah, but forgive me, Chancellor, you are, you're repeatedly stressing through your various speeches, through your various remarks, your colleagues are doing the same. You're stressing the union dimension. You're talking about the, the having the strength of the UK, the, the, the strong shoulders of the UK finances. All of that is stressing the union. It is reasonable, perhaps, in, the, in those circumstances to ask you whether you believe that Scotland could be independent, not should be, not whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, but whether it could be an independent if, nation. If you're asking, well, you know, of course I'm going to stress the union. I believe in the union. I, 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 I'm a member of the United Kingdom government. But, uh, you know, when I, and things, I think the last 12, 18 months has demonstrated in, in many ways the benefit of us being a family of nations, whether it's furlough, as we've talked a lot about, which has enabled us to support many families, but also the vaccine rollout, which has been another great UK success story. So I think, look, are those, are those tangible benefits of the union? Of, of course, of course they are. You don't think those could have been done by an independent Scotland? But I, I think what people want coming out of this is they want to see more working together between these governments to make their lives better. I don't think they are focused on the constitutional question. Are there any circumstances, Chancellor, in which your government would contemplate sanctioning a, a, a further referendum on independence? Again, I, look, I've got nothing more to add on that other than what the Prime Minister and, and, and Michael Gove have said on that topic. But again, I think right now, I think most people that, in fact, almost everybody I've spoken to has not wanted to talk to me about that. What they've wanted to talk to me about that. is how does their business recover from the difficult year? I, I understand that, but, but you have a default. People who want to figure out how do they get a new job or make sure that their family has security. Those are the things I, that I, I, I understand that. I appreciate that. But you, you have a devolved Scottish government and you have the largest party in Scotland, the SNP, advocating a further referendum as soon as possible. Uh, are you in, in a position to say whether you would sanction that or whether you would veto? I think, I, I think right now it's clearly the wrong thing to be focused on. And I think what everyone wants us to be focused on is recovering from coronavirus and recovering our economy. This podcast was brought to you by The Herald. Take 20% off an annual subscription to The Herald with our exclusive podcast code. Just add Herald Pod 2021 to your basket and get instant unfiltered access to our website. And you can also get involved with the Brian Taylor podcast as well. Tune in on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube every Thursday afternoon to catch Brian and his panel chat live and ask your questions to the people across the political scene.